0: All right, so welcome. Uh, We finished our last series on the five M's, which actually took us seven weeks because I did an intro, and then we did another sermon at the end about the heart of serving. And we're starting a new series uh, today, Um, and this series is about uh, evangelism and about the importance of us as a church, kind of looking outward, like Chuan actually prayed, and being you know missional and thinking of those in our lives that we can reach out to. Um, So this series is going to go for three weeks. And we've talked quite a lot, uh, even from February until now, about how we want to set a culture that is more outward looking and more evangelistic uh, in this church. And hopefully you understand now the biblical importance of it and maybe feel a little bit of conviction that, you know, this is what we want to be about and this is what you want to be about as well. And, um, you know, this is really the time for us to redefine you know what our church is going to be, and one of the key things really is let 's be missional. Uh, we want to see all the nons come to church, and not the nuns, uh, even though they 're welcome, but the nons right the non church the non believers the nonchalant is the only other word I can find about Jesus uh, we want to bring them into church and into the faith and so when we launch you know our hope isn 't to see other you know, Korean EMers uh, join us from other churches. That's not the goal. Our goal is to see non-believers and non-church people come to church. And it's really important for us when you think about it uh, to be evangelistic uh, because unlike at New Life, uh, our growth and health really depends on it. Uh, at New Life, every year we'd get, you know, I used to say a busload of first years dropped off at our doorstep and we don't have that anymore. In that new life, we were one of the biggest EMs and so people would just naturally come and just visit, visit us, right? And so we won't have that kind of stuff. And even if we did have all that stuff, right, it's so important for our growth as a church and your growth as a Christian for us to be more missional and evangelistic. And so this is what we're trying to be about. I said, you know, early on, we want to be missional disciples, right? Missional uh, is what we're aiming for, not maturity, because if you aim for missions, You tend to get maturity, uh, but if you aim for maturity, you don't always get missionary. So let's be outward looking and hopefully we'll grow in the process. And we want to be disciples, not just disciples, because disciples sounds passive. Disciples is very active and you really need disciples if you want disciples or people to be discipled. right? So let's be disciples, let's be active. Um, And the question was, are you a disciple? That sounds very passive, but are you a discipler? That sounds very active. And that's what we're all about, right? Missional disciples. And so from this week on, um, we're going to um, go into a series. And it's, I, it's called Three Cs, but you know, we came out of the five M's. Now there's three Cs. There's a lot of <laughs> letters here. Um, but we won't use that term, the three Cs. So that'll be okay. But just three steps to help us. Uh, three frame, uh, it's like a framework, really, to guide us in our evangelism. And so the three-week plan is today, I'll give an overview of what the three C's are. Uh, next week, uh, Daniel will talk about the second part, and then Peter will talk about the third part. And these are the three steps, the three C's are these. Uh, it's contact, connect, and convert. Right, these are the three steps that I want uh, each of us to think when we're trying to evangelize. Uh, this is the three kind of steps we're going to be uh, thinking about as a church in the way that we structure events. Okay. And so I just want us to continue to think this way, even throughout launch and even afterward, right? I want to contact, I want to connect, and then I want to convert people. And I'm really excited about this series because at the end of every sermon, uh, mission ministry is going to jump in and someone from mission ministry is going to share some kind of tips and techniques, application points, you know, about, you know, applying this. And so I'm super, super, super excited about uh Doing that. And so let me just briefly. So, this, this uh, first sermon, I want to give, you a, give us an overview of what each of these three C's mean. Um, and then again, next week, uh, Daniel will focus on the second one, and then Peter will focus on the third one the week after. So, let me talk about contact. Uh, if I give a definition, it's uh, warmly contacting as many non Christian people as you can, uh, moving them toward the things of Jesus. Right, so we're just trying to contact people. This is like first point of contact, exposure, awareness, calling someone, messaging someone, you know, striking up a conversation. Right, so the spectrum of what contact is, is very broad. Someone walking down the street and sees a poster of our church on a wall, that's also counted as contact. Uh, someone going overseas to a tribe um, that has never heard about Jesus so that they can say hello, right? that's contact or again, you reaching out to someone by SMS or giving a phone call, that's contact, right? All of these things are counted as contact. And when you look at the ministry of Jesus, uh, there were times when he did ministry to big crowds and there were times when he did ministry to individuals. And I think the individual contact that he made is some of the most heartwarming and powerful stories right in the gospels. And one of the most powerful stories to me at least is the story of the woman at the well. Right. It's a great story where we see Jesus make contact with someone, and ultimately it leads to conversion. In John 4, it says, uh, Jesus came to a town of Samaria. Uh, it's near the field, there was a well, and Jesus was wearied, it says, from the journey. And he sits at the well, verse 7, and a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Right? And this story, I've said before, is amazing and it speaks volumes because we see Christ's desire to make that contact, make that first point of conversation, really, uh, with people in order to bring them to saving faith. And this story is amazing because there's every reason for Jesus not to make contact. And in fact, everyone in this story is shocked, right? Every character is shocked in this story that Jesus is speaking with the wound, right? Including the woman and the disciples later on. There's a few reasons why uh, it's shocking. I'll just quickly go through them. Um, and the first is that Jesus is a Jew and she is a Samaritan. Uh, the woman, she says, how is it that you, a Jew, asks me a Samaritan for a drink? And this uh, division uh, between Jew and Samaritan is quite complex and deep. It's racial, it's religious, it's cultural, uh, but really in the eyes of the Jews, the Samaritans were less. Right. They were offensive to God, they were spiritually unclean. Um, and even uh, in verse 9, it says, For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans, right? It kind of puts that in brackets. And so uh, Jews and Samaritans are just really shouldn't be speaking to one another, but Jesus makes contact. The second reason is that she's a woman, right? The woman says, um, or the disciples come back and they say, Wow, well, you're speaking with a, a woman, right? A woman. Um, and, and the reason why is Jesus is a rabbi. And later on, the Pharisees will add on to the law and say, you know, rabbis should not speak with a woman because they are always unclean. Right. Number three, it's because her past was um, quite, quite bad. And it was uh, morally checkered. Uh, this woman had, and uh, Jesus knows, we find out because it's Jesus. Uh, she's, she's had five husbands and she's now living with a sixth man. And so in verse 17 to 18, Jesus reveals that this is something that he has always known. And the last reason, and this might seem small, but I think it's quite important. uh, Jesus was tired. Verse six says, Jesus was wearied uh, from his journey, uh, sitting, and so he was sitting beside the well. And I don't know about you, this might not sound like a big deal, but uh, for me, when I'm tired, like it's like I've got an excuse now to not engage conversation with someone on the elevator, you know, after church, you know, I don't want to talk to someone, Um, but Jesus, despite his weariness, he's sitting on a well and he sends his disciples off to get food because that's how tired he is still makes that first point of contact with this woman. And this is, um, I guess, where we start, right? We need to make contact uh, with people. You know, when we've been talking a lot about uh, evangelism and being more missional and maybe you felt convicted and you're like, yes, you know, I I need to see people saved. Um, But the whole reason we're breaking it down into three points is because it's sometimes difficult to know where to start, right? I I want that end point, which is conversion, but how do I get someone, you know, that I see on the park, that I meet on the train, you know, my, my hairdresser, how do I get them from where we are to conversion? And so we're breaking it down. And the first thing is really, you just need to make contact, or right? You need to reach out to them, or right? You need to start talking to them, right? And, and that's a win, right? If you haven't spoken to maybe your neighbors, the first thing that you want to do is strike up a conversation and make contact with them. And that, that's a good job done, maybe for that day, maybe for that week, right? When you think about it, um, contact is vitally necessary for anyone to come to Saving Faith, Right, for anyone, whether in Sydney or around the world, to believe in Jesus, it always requires Christian contact. Right? It's either a Christian person goes speak to them or a Christian person hands them the Bible so that they might get saved. A few years ago, I did a sermon on greeting one another, right? saying hi to one another, which seems kind of patronizing, but it's so important. Right, It's important in the church and it's also important out of the church. I said that greeting one another is the doorway to relationships. By making contact, it's like opening a door to an infinite number of opportunities. We don't don't know what's beyond the door, but we open it and it might go to nowhere or it might surprise us. And that first point of contact might lead to conversations that lead to a very deep friendship. It might lead to your future spouse. It might lead to an invitation to church and salvation. But if we don't open that door and we never make contact, we will never know. And that relationship will never get anywhere. But often our evangelistic efforts fail because we never start, we never make contact. We're too tired, we're too introverted, we're too embarrassed. I don't wanna strike up a conversation. You know, I don't wanna to try to carry it, it's awkward, et cetera. We've got all those excuses. And at that point we failed, we haven't even started. Well, we've given up on the first word, let alone get to the gospel word. Um, but it's because in this story, Jesus made contact. He said, give me a drink, that a conversation was started. And then at the end, this woman was brought to faith. Now, not all of us are as comfortable in contacting or even in each of these steps as other people, right? Some of us, we're going to do really well in this. We love talking to strangers, um, you know, uh, sorry, I didn't. I didn't ask them to talk about them, but and I think of and Ju, they're so great at like talking to the chemists. We, we go to the same chemist. they like, they have a laugh and Uni and I, we just like to like, I don't know, say hi and get, get our drugs and leave. But you know, some of us, we're just more gifted in this area. And the number of people you contact or the number of people you bring to church isn't an indicator of your holiness, right? It might be an indicator of your gifts, right? We all have different gifts. Uh, but despite what your personality or your giftedness is, uh, we all need to push ourselves, right, to be outward looking. Even the most introverted and awkward person has to be missional, right? We need to try. And, you know, i would be trying, um, especially as we launch a church to, you know, I'm conscious, like, I-, I need to say hi on the elevator instead of just like, you know, just looking at my phone. And I'm trying to maintain conversations. I meet, you know, people at the park, that, you know, they're, they're parents of kids who go to the same daycare as Ruben, And usually I talk a little bit and be like, oh, we've got to go now. You know, just trying to maintain this conversation. As you know, we, we need to just keep pushing ourselves. And maybe one uh, good opportunity is for you to bring up the topic that you're a part of a launch team of a church, right? And you, know, you just, as you're talking, you're like, yeah, yeah, like, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I'm starting a church with a group of people. And they are like, oh, that's interesting. And just, just kind of see how that goes. Um, and so I guess the, the application is, you know, who can you contact, you know, this week? And so this is the individual aspect of it. Um, and so we're going to talk where we apply this. There's an individual and then there's a church aspect. Individual driven by culture and the church aspect will be driven by our, our structure. But individually, these are some of the things that you can do. You know, reconnect with friends. And that word's bad, reconnect, because we're going to talk about connect later. So. Re, re-contact friends, um, and striking up conversations through your networks or your neighborhoods. And when I say networks, we're thinking friends, colleagues, you know, family, friends, and you know, just people that you know. And neighborhoods are those just who live around you. Um, and even though we're not a community church, right, we all go back to our communities. We all have our hairdressers, we all have our pharmacists, you know, trying to bring up conversations in those areas. Maybe you're in a mothers' group. Uh, You go to a cafe frequently, right? All of those, those will be your neighborhoods. Um, And so just think about that. Who can you contact? Uh, Who have you avoided striking our conversations with? On a church level, these are the ways that our church will be trying to make contact. And when you think about church, we also then go out and we make contact with people. And so that's like mission trips. We're going out to say hello Uh, when we do community stuff, if we do carols, all of these are us going out to make first contact. And maybe that leads to nowhere, maybe that leads to somewhere. Uh, But a second kind of differentiator for the church that is unique and won't necessarily happen for us as individuals is that sometimes people will come to us, right? They will make contact with us. And for that to happen, uh, they need to know we exist. And so when you think about Jesus in this story, he went out to the Samaritan woman, but there are many countless stories in the gospels where people came and sought him out. And that was possible because they knew he existed. In a pre-social media uh, world, Jesus was kind of viral, right? They had heard about him. And so a great story is um, Zacchaeus. He climbs up a tree because he wants to make contact with Jesus. In fact, Uh, just before the story of the Samaritan woman and right after both stories are sandwiched around this are people who seek Jesus out. And so uh, one thing that the church uh, needs to do is put ourselves out there, create awareness and exposure. And so stuff like website, social media, and again, even like community events that puts us out there. So people know we exist. And so if they want to seek us, they know where to go right how will they know to go to church if they don't know you exist right in the same way how do people know to approach you if they don't know you're a christian all right and so we're going to put ourselves out there websites social media are when you think about it vitally important and so for the tech comms team who are putting these things together uh, it can often feel like oh, i'm just you know i'm doing this thing because i have to but it's 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 really powerful. And even back at New Life when randoms would come into the church and I'd ask, you know, you don't know anyone here. How did you come into church? They'd say, I just Googled, you know, I don't, I don't know what they Googled, but I Googled and I found your church. And I was like, wow, you know, our, our website works, you know, like, because I, I never thought anyone would drop into the website, but there are actually people who will know we exist. And at the right time, you know, maybe something happens in their lives, they will then reach out to us, right? And so this is all counted as contact in the church aspect. We go out or they come in because they know we exist. And when you look at this, this is more than just mission ministry. Um, This is a lot of different ministries involved. Um, Even though mission ministry has a big heart for this, um, our whole church is involved, right? Whether as individuals or different ministries like tech comms or, you know, events, uh, we're all involved in making contact and making known that we exist. Okay, so that's contact. Uh, let's talk about the second step, which is connect. If contact was warmly contacting uh, non-Christians to move them toward the things of Jesus, connect is about connecting those non-believing contacts with Christian people or Christian topics, right? so they can investigate Christianity. So it's, again, connecting those people to people, Christian people, or Christian topics. Uh, You probably know Jesus, the master evangelist, he often took conversations that seemed like everyday topics and he would connect them into spiritual topics. So that's Christian people or Christian topics. He does this in the story with the woman at the well, and I won't read the passage, but he takes the topic of water and he t- brings it into a spiritual level because he starts talking about living water that quenches all thirst. Then he exposes their sinfulness, and then he reveals he's the Messiah. Right? He does that with the crowds. He's talking about bread, and then he connects physical bread to the fact that he's the bread of life. And then he talks about you know spiritual things. And I love the way he does it with Zacchaeus in Luke 19. And I talked about Zacchaeus, um, but he kind of reverses the hospitality. Zacchaeus is contacting him. He, run, he climbs up a tree. And then he says in verse 5, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And so for uh, the case of Zacchaeus, the first point of connection is hospitality, except uh, Jesus invites himself to his house, um, which is kind of weird. Uh, but when you think about it, it's pretty cool right? because it's Jesus. And, you know, that invitation to let's sit down and have a meal uh, is significant because it embodies uh, care and interest and a desire to get to know you. Um, and you can tell even in the passage that that was uh, what was implied because people start to grumble um, and they're like, oh, he's hanging out with the sinner. Right. And that, that connection with Christian people uh, leads to conversations of Christian topics, which then leads to his salvation. Right, on one hand, um, inviting yourself to someone's house seems a little weird, um, but um, it, it shows a, a desire to care. Sorry, one sec. Ruben, can you stop pressing the yes button? Ruben, Ruben, can you stop pressing the yes button? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he's he's amending the sermon. It's, it's, he's really passionate about being mission. missionary. Oh, please stop that, man. Thank you. Uh, Connecting is important. Um, Again, hospitality um, is is vitally important. And I think Mark will talk a little bit about that. Um, But you want to connect more than just on a relational level. Uh, You want to connect on a spiritual level. And so maybe you'll connect first with just let's grab a meal together. But you want to take that connection more and you want to bring in Christian topics or Christian people, right? So again, that's where we're going Christian people or Christian topics. And so if I bring up that little uh, matrix again, individually, right? So this is what, you know, we want to encourage you to do. And we want to set a culture of this. Again, we want everyone to kind of be like this so that when new people come in, you know, we know, they know that this is what we're about. Uh, we want to connect them You're in a hospitality, invite them to your house. Maybe you want to set up like your own, you know, book club. Uh, maybe you want to set up your own kind of sport team and you've got Christian people in it. You invite non-Christian people into it. Um, you want to invite them into your friendship circle. And so you've got a group of Christian friends that you're meeting up. Hey, why don't you want to hang out with us, watch a movie, right? All of these things, you're trying to connect them to Christian people or Christian topics. Um, you want to buy them a book, right? A Christian book, right? All of these things you want to just want to put Jesus on the agenda, right? Put Jesus on the agenda. Maybe even in your conversations, you raise up certain topics, right? And so I was watching a video recently and he was saying how, you know, COVID, gives us many opportunities to bring up you know, these kinds of topics that are spiritual. You talk about the good and the bad of humanity. You know, some people are panic buying. Some people are helping each other out. You know, do you want to talk about that? You want to talk about fear and anxiety. Right? It doesn't matter whether you're the CEO or a leader of a country. Everyone's life has been flipped upside down. And I talk about the fear and anxiety that comes through that. You talk about hope. You know, where's your hope coming from? In the midst of all this change, what is unchanging for you? You want to talk about suffering. You know, why does suffering exist? You know, what happens after you die? Right? All of these conversations are you know, kind of possible because of COVID. And maybe you want to bring up those Christian topics. On a church level, right, this is how we want to connect. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and if you think about the ministries that exist, you've got newcomers ministry, which is really about connecting you know, these newcomers to Christian people. Or Christian topics and then there's a lot of events that we will have that we can bring you know our non-Christian friends to and I love it that we had the golf day recently and uh, Thomas invited his brother-in-law to it uh, because now we're able to connect you know this um, person who doesn't go to church with uh, Christian people right and from there hopefully it will grow to other things Um, you know a, a lot of the events ministry stuff will be included here um, an events ministry uh, will do events mainly for the church that we can then invite people to. Um, but I wonder, and I don't know, we'll have to chat with mission ministry. If mission ministry will have separate events that will be mainly for non-believers, right? So just when you think about the ratio, mainly for non-believers, but that might then also have Christians there right, to connect with. And so I guess we'll see how all of that goes, but you know, I've got some examples here. Um, what did I write? growth group outings, invite them to that. Short-term mission trips, yes, we connect. Um, Maybe if down the track we can organize mothers groups, or we can organize ESL, right? Those are examples where we're trying to connect them um, to the church um, as they come to learn English or something like that. Uh, Just three quick thoughts about that relationship between contact and connect. Uh, Number one, the timing is is varied. Sometimes a person might take minutes to go from contact to connect just in that one conversation might take days, weeks, months, or years. Um, You can skip steps, right? Again, this framework is just a guide. Uh, You might find someone that, you know, they're just really hungry. They step into the church and they want to believe. And so you don't really need to connect to them. You just, you know, share them the gospel and we'll just need to gauge that. Um, And again, um, you don't need to necessarily go down the individual kind of pathway you can bounce back and forth. And so you might contact a friend and then invite them to a church event. And then after that, you know, you, you say you don't want to read a book together, right? So these are just kind of things that we can bounce back and forth uh, through. And so that's the connect part. And then number three, we have con- convert. And this is the part that we probably understand uh, the most because we've talked the most about it. Um, this is explicitly making the gospel known um, this is with the goal of conversion, right? with the goal of the non-believer responding with saving faith. And so we've contacted as many non-Christian people as we can. We've connected them to Christian people or Christian topics. And at a certain point, you want to then explicitly make the good news of Jesus known. This is a destination we want to get to. It's the most important, and because it's the most important, We've talked the most about it. And so I won't spend too much on this topic, Um, but just very briefly, um, we need to convey the gospel, right? We need to preach the gospel, Romans 10. And you know, this very famous passage, it basically says in verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But in order for this to happen, right? They have to believe, verse 14. But in order for them to believe, they need to hear, but in order to hear, Someone needs to preach, right? Someone needs to go and preach. And this is pre-Bible. And so for us, it's they need to preach or they need to read the Bible for themselves. But you need the word of God for someone to be saved. We need to get to that point where, you know, you open up the Bible or you tell them about, you know, sin, depravity, you know, their separation from God. However, you're going to communicate it. They need to hear of the good news. Again, in verse 17, Uh, Paul says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so for a person to believe, someone needs to tell them the good news. And that the communication of the good news as the Spirit works actually gives them the faith to believe, right? And so that's what the Bible says. It's, It's that communication of the gospel that is so vital. And again, from Romans chapter one, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so this is convert, right? Purposefully, explicitly unpacking the gospel. Um, and some of the things I mentioned in connect might also be in convert. It just really depends on your motive and the way that you're going to do it. And so individually, one-to-one Bible reading, it might fall under connect or convert. And I think that depends on, you know, what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to you know, read the Bible and take it slow and answer their questions? Or you might choose certain passages that are very gospel-centered and so that what your purpose is really, you're trying to explain the gospel. And, you know, that, that really kind of depends. Um, on top of that, uh, one great resource is Christianity Explained. And whether we land on this one or not, um, I don't know, but this is probably where mission ministry will in time step in and hopefully equip the church with you know, I think one or two ways of, you know, this is what you can go through with someone, you know, if you want to explain the gospel to them. And I don't know, I haven't really talked to Mark about it, um, but I just put something on his plate now, but you know, Reb's Han is actually going through this uh, with someone. And so this is a six week course and that's great. You might want to do bridge to life, two ways to live, you know, hand them a tract, but you know, these are convert things that go through the gospel on a church level. We have various things, Sunday services. You know, we try to preach the gospel uh, in our church. And so we'll make the gospel call, uh, hopefully um, frequently, if not weekly. Church retreats as well are both connect and convert because the gospel should be in both of these Uh, evangelistic courses as well. And so when we launch, uh, we want to have an evangelistic course for non-believers to go through. And at, at New Life, for periods, we had one, for periods, we didn't. And what we found at New Life was that a lot of newcomers were already Christian and churched. And so our newcomers course was the gospel explained, but people were like, you know, I already know this. You know, I'm already Christian. And so it was a little weird. But again, hopefully for us, we've got a lot of non-Christians coming in because we are personally inviting them. Um, And so this isn't necessarily the first step they'll go through. It's not a mandatory step. But for those who are interested in understanding, you know, the core beliefs of Christianity, you know, we'll go through an evangelistic course and the church will kind of have this set up. And I'm looking into Christianity Explored or the Life course. You know, I've done a bit of research and these are you know, quite theologically good. And um, there are about six to seven sessions. Um, I was looking into the Alpha course and I'm, I don't want to um, say anything bad about the Alpha course, but it's quite long. That's the first thing. Um, and there are certain things, um, I think, especially in the topic of sin, uh, that um, maybe Christianity explored a life course is more clear about. And then theologically, um, they spent a lot of time on, on the Holy spirit. And that's just kind of where um, life, uh, alpha courses come from um, that maybe, you know, is, isn't that important I think for a newcomer, et cetera. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the grid. When you think about the way we're going to apply the three C's. Whoa. Siri was listening to everything I said. Um, and so, I hope this makes sense. I hope this guides you um, on an individual level. That's us on the left. You want to contact someone, hopefully, over time, connect with them, and then we want to see them converted. And maybe you don't want to do that all yourself, bounce through the church. But maybe all you do is contact someone, bring them to church, and then you will walk alongside them through the things that the church has provided. Uh, but again, all of this is for us to be missional, it's for us to be more evangelistic, and hopefully, the three C's breaks it down in a way that is more understandable. And what I want for us as a church is to have a missional mindset. Um, again, I don't think this is um, a strong point of where we came from. It wasn't super emphasised, and you know there were reasons for it because we were big. I'd just taken over. I then took AM. We need to, you know, know each other first, etc. But at least for us, this is what we're pushing for. Um, yeah, we, we really want to be missional Um, and because we all came from new life this requires a lot of energy and a lot of conscious and purposeful a thought for us to shift the culture and i'd love for all of us to have a go be pushed out of our comfort zone, like me and for me it's having a conversation but for some of you who are more extroverted and more comfortable it means something you know more than that Um, and let's fail along the way make fools of us maybe along the way, and just share and have a laugh about it. And eventually, hopefully, like one out of the dozens of failures will come to church, will come to Christ, and that'll be all worth it. And, and I was so encouraged a few weeks ago, Justin was sharing at Facts, I think it was, about his semi-failure of talking about Christianity to his workmates, and he was kind of making a joke how he brought it up and the conversation quickly changed. But I was so encouraged by that. And I was so humbled and it was motivating that he was so courageous to share about his faith to his workmates, even though it risked being embarrassed. And now part of that was, it got me excited. Got me excited that someone's putting themselves out there for the sake of the mission. And one thing I'm looking forward to is that as we all have these kind of moments and we share our experiences, I think it will be really exciting for us as a church. And right? it will feel like we're actually, we're doing something together, that we're on mission and, and we are embarrassing ourselves, but we're, we're putting ourselves out there and it will inject, I think, excitement and passion into everything we do. Um, Because we'll know that what we're doing matters for eternity. It matters for those people at work, those new people, those non-believers, you know, matters for their salvation. We're not just having a church service with the people um, that are comfortable with faith, but there's a newcomer here. And so the way that we sing, the way that we welcome actually matters, right? The way that we pray in growth groups, right? All those things. Matter. And I love for our conversations and growth groups or the testimonies we share to be able to be filled with, you know, I reached out to someone this week. I don't know what's going to happen. Can you pray for my conversations, you know, with this person? I think that will really reinvigorate our church. And so let's all get on board this. We're all maybe uncomfortable about it, but it is vital. This is our mission while we're on earth. And I think COVID is a perfect timing for this. Um, And the launch is perfect timing for this because, right, if anyone um, in any church is going to set culture, it's us, right? We set it now. And if we can't move the needle as a launch team and become more missional, I don't think it will ever happen, right? After we launch, right? How can we expect, you know, post-launch, non-launch people to be on board if we're not? And, um, you know, let's really do this, um, you know, for us during the COVID time you know, as things are unsettled. And so these are the three Cs, contact, connect, convert. Now I wanna pass it on to, to Mark and he's gonna share some practical stuff uh, about this.
1: Hello, <clears throat> hello everyone. Okay, I hope everyone everyone can hear me okay. Um, Yeah, my name is Mark, and I'll be sharing a few strategies, a few tips um, that we can all kind of try to help us all tell our friends about Jesus. So... um, Yeah, I'll be sharing some strategies from a book called Evangelism in a Skeptical World by Sam Chan, which is this book right here. Um, This book gave me a lot of tools and a lot of insights on, um, yeah, just how to evangelize and just simple things, um, simple things here and there that really help. Um, And a quick disclaimer, just because I'm giving this talk doesn't make me an expert. I'm learning these strategies as I go and I'm trying to apply them myself. So I'm just sharing as someone who happened to come across this book um, and is excited to share this with my church. Now, the disclaimer, these strategies are not the only strategies. Um, Now, you might have your own ways to work up a conversation about Jesus, but hopefully these simple strategies might empower us as a community to tell our friends about Jesus together. So today I'll be giving two strategies to help make the initial contact as we start our evangelism journey with our friends. So strategy one, go to them before they come to you. Uh, So typically, a random non-Christian won't just walk up to you one day and ask you to share about Jesus or ask you to share how your life has been transformed by the power of God. So how do we bring up a conversation about Jesus? How do we get them to visit our church and hang out with our Christian friends? Uh, This is why building rapport and developing relationships are important as we consider evangelizing. It's an essential first step. We have to go to their. <clears throat> we have to go to their things before they come to our things. So Sam Chan shares a story in his book. He has a friend called Andrew who organises outreach type dinners where he brings his non-Christian friends, and Sam is asked to do a gospel talk. And it's not just a one-off thing; it happens on a regular basis. And Andrew's non-Christian friends aren't kicking and screaming, looking at the clock, sighing, waiting for the dinner to be over but they're attentive, and they're genuinely having a great time. So Sam asked Andrew's wife, how is Andrew able to organise these dinners regularly? And why the heck are they happy to be here? His wife answered, it's because we're always hanging out together. We're always doing stuff together. If it wasn't for this outreach dinner, we'd still be doing something else together. So I think the story tells us that we should be consistently hanging out with our non-Christian friends. We go to their things, their birthday parties, their kids' concerts, fundraisers, sports games. And if we do that consistently in their lives as their friends, it's only natural that they'll they'll want to come to our things, barbecue lunches, movies. And if we happen to invite them to an outreach event, it's just one of many other things we do together. Um, this feels normal because if it wasn't for the outreach event, we'd still be doing something else together. And perhaps you're struggling right now to think of some non-Christian people you could do this with. Now, if that's the case, maybe you can think about your networks and think of a couple of people you can apply this with. Family, work friends, acquaintances, old high school and uni friends, neighbours, the sports team you're a part of. Take the first step. Warmly reach out to them so we can bring them closer to Jesus. Uh, The next strategy I'll share is a simple, straightforward suggestion uh, to build a relationship with others. So strategy two, it's called coffee, dinner, gospel. So Sam Chan calls this the coffee, dinner, gospel sequence. So first we invite our friend for a coffee, do that a few times. Next we invite them for dinner and do this a few times. Then hopefully gospel conversations begin to occur organically. So why is this sequence effective? In the Western world, there's a divide when it comes to conversation topics, a sacred and secular divide. There are certain topics like religion or politics that we're told we should never talk about at dinner parties. The sacred statements should be private and the secular statements are safe and can be discussed publicly. So, Although we have the freedom to share our faith and evangelize, as a practical matter, it's not culturally acceptable in Western culture. And this sacred secular divide is why many of us feel so uncomfortable talking about Jesus with our friends. It goes against how we've been taught to act and what we believe is acceptable in Western culture. And the important thing is, it's not just us. Our non-Christian friends also feel uncomfortable when we try to talk to them about Jesus. So Sam Chan suggests that we begin with coffee. So try inviting your friends to a cafe. Uh, having coffee is safe, uh, because it usually lasts for 20 to 30 minutes, it's public space, your friend knows that they can get away at any time, they don't feel trapped, and all you'll be talking about is stuff like weather, what they did on the weekend, their interests, the movie that they watched, the next Netflix craze, the secular stuff. After doing this and some rapport has been built, invite your friend for dinner. Now Dinner is the next level. It takes one to two hours and is usually in a private place. And I'll talk next week about why hospitality is an effective tool in evangelism. So in the private place, conversations will naturally move from trivial matters to deeper matters, maybe even religion. Now, do this a few times and bit by bit, uh, hopefully they'll feel respected for their deeply held views. They'll feel safe talking about their personal issues. And if they feel safe enough, They might ask you to talk about your views on education, politics, health, and maybe your religion. And this is our chance to talk about the gospel. Notice that by following the coffee, dinner, gospel sequence, we have moved our friends from a public place to a private place. From the secular realm into the sacred realm. So hopefully there was something to take away from those two strategies. So go to them before they come to you. So just simply hang out and spend time with them. And try the coffee dinner gospel sequence where we effectively move our friends from a public and secular place into the sacred realm of conversation. Um, so um, we've made this table here uh, if, I, if you guys can see um, hopefully it's visible oh no it's not. Mm. Okay, no, this is not gonna work. Okay, so I will um, post that on our Facebook thread, uh, Facebook group. Um, so a special t- thanks to Joan and the design team for making this for us on short notice. So there's a there's a table pretty much, and in the top row, um, there's a contact row. So you can write the name or the people you want to contact and maybe even include how and when you'll contact them. So the more specific it is, the better, I think. And hopefully this helps us as we try to apply this sermon series. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.
0: Great. It took me back to Mark's mission minute. Um, Just a few minutes of Mark um so concise and clear but hopefully that uh kind of gave you uh gave us all some practical steps um and i guess the general kind of over overarching point is that like we want to get to convert but the road there um takes a few steps and so even the, the coffee uh, oh someone spotlight, spotlighted me and you no oh, okay um yeah, hopefully the even the coffee the, the was it the dinner the, the, the gospel steps is, is this idea that we want to move toward uh, conversion so've got, we've got two questions for us to have a chat about um, and then we'll come back um, in a bit. The two questions is out of the three c's uh, which one is hardest for you to live out and why and then the question from um, mission, the mission ministry, based on the mission ministry one, I've posted it here, uh, is think of one or two people you can contact this week and apply these strategies uh, to begin an evangelism journey. And so let's chat about those and then we'll come back at about uh, 10.50. I know that's not heaps of time, uh,
1: but 10.50.